Good morning, Winners Church. Welcome <laughs> to our Summer Winners Worship Express. This is our very last broadcast under the theme of um, um, Summer Worship Express or Winners Worship Express. And I am super excited, guys, um, for all this time that we've been together during the summer. I'm grateful to our team, Mike, uh, we call him from Bridge Church. He's been amazing. Risa from Life Church, who's been the one opening up the facilities. Thank you so much, Pastor Ernst, Pastor Lashan, and the entire Life Church family for being there for us, allowing us to use your facilities for this one year and seven months. Can you believe that, guys? It's been one year and seven months. So, Pastor Ernst, th thank you. Pastor Lashan, thank you. Life Church family, thank you. You guys have been amazing. You've been there for us, and we are grateful to God for you. The Lord bless you, the Lord increase you, and the Lord make your name great in Jesus' name. And so, Winners Church family, this is it. Um, before we get into the word, I want to talk to you about our, us. Um, coming back um, together, together, together again on September 19th, our first time back together. Wow. I know for some of us, it's overwhelming. It's a long overdue, but we're doing it. Thanks be to God. Um, there's a few things I want to go over. So by the time you're watching this, you have already received an email called Before we gather. And in that email, I begin to discuss with you several things. So I just want to reiterate what you should have already read. And those of you who didn't read it, now you're hearing it. So um, we're coming back together and I'm excited about it. And I just want to uh, answer a few things that some people may be concerned about or wonder about. So one, your safety. We're going to make sure that everybody is safe. We are following the CDC guidelines. That's what the DOE is requiring of us. Um, the specialized stuff that they had before is no longer in play because the governor removed those mandates because the vaccine came into place and all that stuff. Now, we know that some of you um, have been vaccinated. Some of you have not been vaccinated. We're not allowing our church to get into that contention. We are welcoming the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. We are good. We are covered. We are one. And so we're excited about that. And so you are to come, but we are asking everyone to wear a mask and we're going to do some what I, what I call reasonable social distancing, which means that we're not going to be crazy about it. Oh, you stand away over there. Don't don't touch me. No, we're not doing that. But when we sit, we're going to be distanced a little bit. But listen, you can give somebody a hug. Now, if you don't want a hug, you don't want to physically touch, you want to do the fist bump or the elbow bump, just let us know gently and we'll do that. But those of you who want to hug, you go and hug. We're not judging nobody. So the huggers are not going to judge the ones who don't want to hug and the ones who um, don't want to hug, don't judge the huggers. Amen? We're living, we're coming into a judgment-free zone, but we are going to have some precautions. We're also going to, um, um, when it comes to sanitation uh, or, or cleaning, we're going to make sure, well, the school makes sure that, that the facility is clean, but we're going to have hand sanitizer in the back of the auditorium for those of you who want to use it when you come in, and everybody's going to be good. The next thing that I want to cover um, is um, our giving logistics. 
So, of course, we are going to be giving. So we're asking as many of you as can, and most of you do, to give online, to give electronically. But if you happen to have cash or a check, and that's the way that you want to give, there'll be envelopes provided for you during the service, and you'll be able to put it in a um, offering bucket in the back designated for the tithes and offerings. We will not be passing the buckets down the aisles, but it'll be designated in the back with a Dream Team member, and you'll be able to give that way, and you'll be able to bless our house in that manner. All right? So we're excited about that. And then we're going to talk about your kids. Um, we are going to have Kids Church. We're not having it right away, but still bring your kids on September 19th. They're going to have a good time. We want to have the whole family together. We want to give the um, Winning Kids Ministry team some time still to get things together and, you know, all that stuff, but for them, the safety measure is going to be, according to the CDC, for the kids over two, two and above to wear masks. We're just going to do that for the time being. Now, some of you parents may be against your kids wearing masks, and I do understand that, and I'm and I'm sympathetic to that. But let's just for the first few weeks just have every, all the kids wearing a mask, two and above. Anybody younger? No but two and above, and then we'll go from there, all right? And we'll see how things are going. Um, so that's it for your kids. They're going to be safe. The teachers will be wearing a mask, and everything's going to be all good, all right? Number five, the five, the fifth and the final thing, um, our online services. So this has been the one that's been, you know, a little heavy with me and stuff like that because most, not most, some churches, or I can say many churches, um, who started live streaming have continued to live stream even when they went back to in-person services. Well, you know what's a little different for us is that we are in a school. And so because we're in a school or we're going to be back in our school, we've been live streaming from Life Church, as you know. And so um, once we do that, we're not going to be in Life Church, we're going to be at the school. And the um, gentleman, Mike, our hero, who's been with us this one year and seven months, he's um, a member of another church and, and already is um, assigned, working at another church, helping them out. And so we won't have that expertise and we won't and we don't even have the manpower. And then we don't even have the finances for all that is needed to have an amazing live stream, even a simple version of live stream. We don't really have the expertise of personnel, the actual manpower, and then the money for all the equipment that we would need to buy and all that stuff. So what we're doing now is a very simplified version of it, and we're able to do it because we actually record on the weekday when Mike and Risa and Life Church is available for us to do that. And so that's been a blessing for one year and seven months. We've had one year guys, and seven months of God blessing us in this way. But it's time for us to come back together and there will be no other um, thing happening um, in terms of live streaming. We're just not at the place. I've talked to pastors, I've talked to um, audio personnel, and they say, you're not equipped for live stream. That's the conclusion of the matter. And so we are trusting that one day we will be equipped. But right now, if you want ministry from Winners Church, and I think you do, <laughs> um, you have to be there on Sunday morning. And it's going to be safe. You don't have to worry about getting no um, coronavirus, no Delta. The blood of Jesus is covering us. Listen, look at me as an example. One year, seven months, 
Pastor Maurice has not got the COVID, the coronavirus. I have not. Why? One, because I've believed the word of God. Psalm 91 has been over my life. I've been speaking it over you guys, over, over, over my life, constantly speaking blessing, trusting God to protect me. Number two, I take um, supplements, vitamin D, B12. Those are things that help build your immune system. I know the media is not saying that. The doctor is not telling you that. But that is the biggest and most important thing, to build your immune system up. Take your, take your zinc. Take your vitamin C. Make sure you are putting things into your body that are helping you. I actually take something else recently called um, black seed oil. And that also helps your body. And there's other things I'm adding. I just started with some collagen stuff. So I'm really investing. Even I did my um, one-year, um, they call it checkup, you know, physical actually. And my doctor said, oh, that's good that you're, um, you know, taking all this. I see that you're into your health. Just bring the weight down and you're going to be good. So listen, I'm excited about that. Got a good report from my doctor. He said, just bring the weight down and you're good. And so we're still working on that to the glory of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But um, listen, so that's the way it is. So I look forward to seeing all of you on September 19th. We are coming back together again after one year and seven months. To God be the glory. All right. So I'll see you guys there. And um, let's get into this word now. Um, I have a simple message that I want to give you. And it's entitled, I Love My Life. How many of you watching love your life? Yes, you should love your life. The word of God says in 1 Peter 3.10, he who would love life and see good days. He would what? He who would love life and see good days. So from that scripture, which is a quotation from the book of Psalms, um, is letting us know that as the people of God, as the children of God, as human beings, we were created to love life. And we were created to see good days. Come on, somebody. I know there's other people talking about other things, but we're not, we were not here to have trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. No, we were here to love life, not despise life, not hate our life, but to love it and to see good days. And I am a lover of life. Number one, I'm a, I love my life because I love life. Here we go. I love my life because I love life. What do you mean, Pastor Maurice? I love the fact that I exist. One of the things I thank my Heavenly Father for all the time is that he brought me into being and gave me life. He gave me physical life. He gave me spiritual life. He has given me life. I exist because of him. That's one of the reasons why I love Genesis, when I read it, and it said that he formed man and breathed into him the breath of life, the ruah, and man became a living soul. I see myself in that picture, that God breathed into me his life, and I am a living soul. Thank you, Jesus. I know that I could not be here without him. I know I would not live in America without him. I know I would not be alive without him. And I'm also grateful to my mom. She had me as a single teenager, 16 years old. Come on, somebody. She could have aborted me, but she didn't. She gave me the opportunity to live. And I'm grateful to God 
for her. I thank God for her all the time. I probably should thank her more about it, but I thank God that she didn't turn the way so many people turn and abort their children. She didn't abort my sister, even though she had her also as a teenager. You know why? Because she understood the sanctity of life. And now I get to live, I get to exist because my mom was courageous enough to carry us in um, her pregnancy, even though at that time it was a little embarrassing, and to give birth to these children. Thank you, Jesus. So how can I not love my life knowing that I get to live? You know, and so I'm excited about it. I'm excited about everything in my life. Uh, uh, Listen, we all have troubles. We all have problems. We all have challenges. We all have things we're dealing with. But guess what? You don't let that take you off of the focus of living life and loving life. I do not allow the problems, the challenges, and the things of this world, even things about my person that I may not even like, I don't let that stop me from loving my life. I don't let circumstances dictate how I feel about the life that God has given me. And you shouldn't either. Never say, I hate my life. Never say, I wish I wasn't born. We're not going to be like Job, who when he went through his trial, and Job was, well, Job was the man. But when he went through his trial, the Bible says in um, Job chapter 3 that he cursed the day he was born. You will never see me do that. I will never curse the day I was born. And the reason why... It says that because of the chapter before, his wife came to him, silly woman, (laughs) and said, do you still hold fast to your integrity? What you're going through, man, you should curse God and die. That was the dumbest thing she could have ever said to her husband. And so instead of cursing God, which was wise for him not to do that, okay, he began to curse the day he was born. But that was still wrong. You don't curse God and you don't curse the day you was born. You rejoice in both because the Lord God reigns and he is good and his mercy endures forever. And the day you were born is a blessing. It's a gift from almighty God. And so I rejoice in my Lord who I know is good. And I rejoice in the day that I was born. I was born August 4th, 1972. What up? Hello. Come on, somebody. What up, Leos? (laughs) <laughs> All you religious people, calm down. I'm not into the, uh, whatever that thing is called. <laughs> I just like to say that. Yeah, man, I'm excited about who I am and, and what I get to experience as a human being. Listen, we must be something great. This existence must be something awesome. If Satan and his, and his cohorts, his demon kingdom is running around bothering us all up in our face, Worry about our, our creation. Worry about our existence. It must be something special. It is. You know why? Because you've been made of the image and the likeness of God. Your little Elohims walking around. Ooh! <laughs> I know. I know some people like that's oh, Yes, little Elohims <laughs> walking around. You're made in the image and the likeness of Elohim. In the image and likeness of God. Little Elohims walking around. Satan is pissed about that. He is enraged about that. But guess what? He can't do nothing about it. (laughs) Hallelujah. So listen, I love my life because I actually love life. And there's so much more of life that I plan to experience. This is what the Bible says. 
in First Timothy chapter six. And some of you know this scripture. I just wrote about it in my article on Friday called Live It Up. He says, trust in the living God, Apostle Paul, trust in the living God, the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. First Timothy, I believe it's 617. God wants you to enjoy your life. Remember that message I preached? Don't waste your life, enjoy it. That's what the Father is calling every believer to do. Don't waste your life, enjoy it. Look at the good, go on vacations, travel. Matter of fact, one day the Lord spoke to me. I think I was watching some social media thing and I heard his voice. Oh yes, the voice of God. The voice don't just happen in church. When somebody's prophesying to you, God can speak to you himself. And he spoke to me and said this. this is, I heard his voice. Oh, my God. I heard his voice. He said, life is to be lived, not looked at. Woo! Come on, Jesus. With the sound of my sword. <laughs> he said, life is to be lived, not looked at. And so I'm endeavoring not to look at life. I'm endeavoring to live it. And that's what you should do. Live it. He who would love life and see good days. Number two, I love my life because I'm born again. Whoa, born again. Yes, child of God. If you receive Jesus as your savior, you are born again. And that word born again literally means born from above. Jesus told um, Nicodemus, a religious leader, in John chapter 3, he said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He went on to say, you must be born again. And Nicodemus was like, well, how can I go back in my mother's womb? He said, I ain't talking about no physical birth, man. I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth. He said, I'm talking about being born of the water and born of the spirit. You were born again. You've been born of the water. You've been born of the spirit. You are a child of God. You've been born from above. God took out your old spirit and put in you a new spirit. That's what the Bible says. If you're in Christ, you are new creation. The Bible says in another place that your spirit man has been regenerated by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that you've been born, watch this, of incorruptible seed. That means your spirit man cannot be corrupted. God placed his divine seed in you. That's why he's your father. That's why you're his daughter or you're his son. You're a child of the living God because God put his spiritual sperm inside of you. Come on, somebody. And you're a child of God. So yes, we're adopted into the family of God, but we're also, that's one picture, but we're also born of God. He gave birth to us. We're begotten of God. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so I encourage you to love your life knowing that you are born again. Remember when the disciples were on assignment, 
Jesus gave them power over all sickness and over all disease and power to cast out demons and talk about the, the, the 70 disciples and they were excited and they went out doing their thing, establishing the kingdom, bringing the kingdom, casting out spirits, healing the sick, healing diseases. Yo, I'd be excited too. Blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening, demons coming out of people. Jesus ain't even there. The disciples are actually doing it. Lepers are being healed. And Jesus said, when you do this, say the kingdom of God has come unto you. So they were doing this for real. We don't talk about that much, but they were actually doing it. Raising the dead, doing stuff that was miraculous. And they came back and said, Jesus, oh my goodness, the demons are subject to us. They were excited about it. These Jewish people had never seen anything like this. They never seen themselves um, have authority over demons like this. And Jesus said, all right. All right, I know what you. I, I, I sound like a, <laughs> I sound like a, the actor. All right, all right. <laughs> What's his name? Denzel Washington. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus saying, "All right"? <laughs> he said, "All right, I see what you're saying, but listen, don't rejoice over that. Don't throw a party over that. Why? Because they're worthless. Yes, the authority is great, but don't get excited about those guys. Demons ain't nothing. They're trash." He said, this is what I want you to rejoice about. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Get excited about the fact that you're born again, or you're going to be born again. They weren't born again at that time, but that you're on your way to heaven and your name is known in heaven. That's what you want to be excited about. When I first read that as a younger Christian, I'm like, nah, nah, man, Jesus, I'm excited about demons being cast out. What are you talking about? Why would I be excited about that? I was a little offended, but that's because I was immature. I didn't realize how much of a nothingness Satan and his demons are and how I shouldn't get excited about the casting out of demons. And that's why... And when it's church, we believe in deliverance, but we ain't going around with a banner like, oh, I'm a demon cast out of, oh my, and, and celebrating demons. No, we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate salvation. We celebrate being born again. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. We celebrate knowing God and God knowing us. Come on. You know why this is so deep? I didn't plan to go this deep, but let me show you why this is so deep. Because... If you weren't born again, you would go straight to hell. And in hell, there is no hope. There is no more birthday parties. There's no more spring, summer, winter, and fall. There's no more grocery shopping. There's no more vacations. There's no more uh, going to a lake. There's no more swimming in a pool. There's no more going for a drive and eating some ice cream or going to your favorite restaurant. It's pure darkness, pure torment, everlasting separation from God. There's no more chances. There's no more redemption coming. It's finished with Jesus. And if a person doesn't receive Jesus, they're going to hell. And it doesn't even end there. There'll come a time when they, along with Satan and his demons and his fallen angels, they'll be cast into the lake of fire that burns with brimstone. Now, I know we don't preach about hell like that, but it's still a reality. 
It's still a doctrinal belief that we believe and that we hold to and that we know to be true. And so that's why I'm not rejoicing about demons being cast out. I'm rejoicing that I that my future is secure. My eternal future is secure. That's why I love my life currently, because it's in this life that I got born again at the age of 14. It's in this life that I gave my life to Jesus and that thing was secured. So for 35 years, I've been waking up born again. For 35 years, I've been waking up knowing that my sins have been forgiven. For 35 years, I've been waking up knowing that the nature of God is within my spirit and that I've passed from death to life, from spiritual death to spiritual life. I am born again. Woo! Come on and celebrate that wherever you are, that you're born again. Hallelujah. Come on. Glory to God. We're going to be praising God that we're saved, praising God that we're not lost, but we've been found and that we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. That's why you need to love your life. Come on. Come on. The third and the final reason why I love my life. I love my life because I know and I'm living in my purpose. When you know and you live in your purpose, you cannot but love life. <laughs> you cannot but enjoy <laughs> the life that God has given you. Because you're not walking around wondering, what am I to do? Where am I to go? Why am I here? You know it and you live it. Now, some of you watching may not know it. Therefore, you're not living it. Some of you may know it and not living it. The goal is to know it and to live it. The goal is to what? Know it and to live it. John said this statement. I like this. He said, we know and believe the love that God has towards us. It's one thing to know God loves you. It's another thing to believe God loves you. He says, we know and believe. Come on, somebody. So do you, you can know your purpose, but that's not enough. You got to live your purpose. Come on. And that's what I'm doing right now. I have known my purpose since I was a teenager, and I've been living it since I was a teenager to the glory of God. So now at the age that I'm at, I know I have a great reward in heaven because I've been living in purpose. I remember one time the Lord said this to me. He said, don't live your fantasy, live your destiny. Woo, come on, somebody. We all have fantasies. I wanted to be a singer. I can't even sing. <laughs> That's a fantasy. <laughs> I wanted to be in Hollywood. Jesus didn't call me to be in Hollywood. That's a fantasy. But I'm living my destiny. I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm a preacher. I cast out demons. I heal the sick. I encourage the believer. Come on. I pastor amazing people. Thank you, Jesus. And the best is yet to come for my life. And the Bible says this in the book of Timothy, that the Lord God has given us purpose and grace in Christ Jesus before time began. So God has given you purpose and has given you grace, the divine empowerment to fulfill that purpose. Whatever your purpose is, if you're not called to be a pastor, okay, only some people are called to be pastors. You should rejoice in your purpose. Some of you are called to be in the medical field. Some of you are called to be doctors, physicians' assistants, nurses, RNs, LPNs. Some of you called to go into the creative realm and be artists. No, but real 
um, painting artists. People make money in that. Don't be so narrow-minded. Some of you are called to be audio engineers. Some of you are called to um, work behind the scenes in theaters and help people. Some of you are called to be actors and actresses, singers. Some of you are called to make albums, gospel albums, secular albums, you know, and represent the kingdom in either genre. Some of you are called to be school teachers. Some of you are called to be professors. Some of you are called to be uh, engineers in the world. Some of you are called to the civil service jobs, police officers, firemen, you know? Some of you are called to be businessmen and businesswomen and be entrepreneurs. Some of you are called to be entrepreneurs of one big company. Some of you are called to be serial entrepreneurs where you produce several companies. Oh, my God. God has so much. Some of you are called to politics. Come on, somebody. You got to find out what your purpose is. You got to find out what Jesus called you to do. And you have to do it. And if you're called to the ministry, you need to yield to the call of God because you're going to stand before Jesus one day. It ain't going to be no picnic. You're going to say, yo, what up? Did you do what I tell you to do? But whatever you're called to do, you're going to stand before Jesus. And you need to say, Lord, I did your work in the entertainment world. I did your work in a civil service job. I led people to Christ. I was a light. I turned many away from the realm of darkness. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. And within your calling, God is calling you to win people to Christ. Some of you are called to banking. Are you telling people about Jesus? Are you winning them to Christ? How do you win people to Christ? I'm going to give you no big evangelism explosion lesson right now. The number one way, the number one way you evangelize. You want to know? Be likable. Live your purpose with the grace of God and be likable. People are drawn to people. You think somebody's going to listen to you about Jesus and they don't like who you are? They don't like anything about you? You're boring. You're negative. You're critical, you're inward, not outward. No, 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 no. You want to be a soul winner? You change. You be somebody that people feel favored towards, that people like to approach. They can feel your non-judgmental spirit. They can feel the love of God flowing through you. So you want to be a great soul winner? Work on you. Actually, let God continue to work on you. The Bible says he's that working you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And you'll live a life of purpose filled with the grace of God. I love my life because I know my purpose and I am living it. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you that they're going to love their lives in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that they're going to be creative. They're going to be powerful. They're going to use the imagination that you've given them to design the life you've created them to live. I thank you that they're not going to be distracted. They're not going to turn to the right. They're not going to turn to the left. They're going to do what you told Joshua to do, and that is to focus on my assignment for your life. They're going to go to you, and they're going to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you're going to speak into their spirit. 
spirit and they're going to hear what you're saying and they're going to follow the voice of Jesus because Jesus, you said, the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. You said, my sheep know my voice. And I thank you that the people watching this broadcast today, they know the voice of Jesus. They hear the voice of Jesus and they obey the voice of Jesus and the devil will not snatch them out of your hand. Therefore, he will not snatch them or kidnap them from your purpose for their lives. Thank you that your grace and your mercy is all over your people. And I thank you, Father God, that they will live in purpose. They will know their purpose. They're not going to walk around wondering what they should be doing, wondering for 40 years, what am I called to do? Why am I here? No, they're going to live their purpose in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that when they know their purpose and when they live their purpose, it's going to be a turning point a turning point for them in the name of Jesus. I give you thanks. I give you praise for this, your people. Thank you, Lord, for this one year and seven months of us being online. It has been by your grace. It has been by your provision. It has been by your goodness. But now you've called us back to gather together again. And we're excited about it. And I thank you the people will come. They will put aside fear. They will put aside all their wondering about getting this or getting that. And they will say, no, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. I believe the word of God. I believe the man of God. And we're going to be safe. And we're going to have a good time in Jesus' name. Amen. And yes, my friend, we're going to have a good time. And so again, September 19th, we are meeting. You're going to be good. Bring your kids, bring your friends, bring your family, bring your neighbor. Say, we're back. After one year and seven months, we're back. We're going to be rocking and rolling. The anointing is going to be there. The grace of God is going to be there. And the love of God is going to be beaming. And so I look forward to seeing you September 19th at 11 a.m. If you're watching this and you're like, um, Pastor Maurice, I'm not born again. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be able to love my life and say I love my life because I'm born again. Well, this is your opportunity. <coughs> Excuse me. I was watching a broadcast recently where the man of God gave an altar call and then he had his associate come out and pray over the people. One of the saddest things I saw but that he prayed over them and not lead them in the prayer of salvation. Oh my goodness. I was like, that's not getting them saved. <laughs> and then I talked to another young man who goes to a church here in New York City, and he was so upset because he said, I they prayed over the people for salvation, but they didn't pray for lead them in the prayer of salvation. He said, Doesn't the Bible say when you confess with your mouth? I said it does. So he says, well, I'm not going to leave the church. I'm just going to pray for them. And I said, yeah, do that. And so we're going to lead you in a prayer of salvation because not enough for me to pray for you. You have to receive Jesus for yourself. Come on. And so I want you to say this with me. Jesus, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your forgiveness for my sins. Change me, save me, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Woo, simple prayer. Why, could you did all the work. All you got to do is receive it. You've just been born again. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And if you have said that prayer, go ahead and contact us at info at winnerschurch.com 
or there's a um, text number that we have now that you can contact and say, listen, I've been born again. Give us your information so we can send you something and welcome you to the family of God. Again, welcome. You've passed from death to life. You are now in the kingdom. And those of you who are already saved, who've been watching this broadcast, listen, it's time to give. Come on, don't turn it off. Keep it on. Time to give. <laughs> um, on the screen, all the ways that you can give. And I thank you for all of you who have been giving um, by text and giving by cash app and giving online um, and coming to the church and bringing money or sending money in by mail. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your obedience to the Lord and honoring him. Jesus said this powerful thing. I've quoted it before many times. I'll quote it again. Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will men give into your bosom for the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you again. And then over in the epistles, the apostle Paul says, God loves a cheerful giver. And so I want to encourage you to be obedient and give. I love what the prophet Malachi said, or the Lord said through the prophet Malachi, bring all the tithe into the storehouse and prove me. Test me now in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. So the Lord wants to pour you out a blessing. And the Bible says in Proverbs 10, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. And so when you cooperate with the Lord, he is in the process of increasing you and making you rich. He wants you to be abundantly supplied. Financially, yes, we're talking about money. And talk about grapes. <laughs> talk about money, honey. And so you need to go ahead and work, secure your bag, but you to make sure that you have the grace of God on your life for increase. And you secure that by giving. See time and then the harvest. And so I encourage you to continue to give, to continue to sow and see the Lord bless you. Thank you again for your generosity. Thank you again for tuning in for this one year and seven months. I thank you, I bless you, and I appreciate all of you. See you September 19th at 11. God bless.